What up? What up? Fantasy football hustler back at you. Hey, Bogart. Scott-free. What's happening? Oh, oh, Matty Daddy, baby. Oh, yeah. And we are bringing you Dynasty content per use. And we are bringing up some sophomore slump alerts. Sound the sirens. These are guys who you need to be a little weary about these guys. It's not because we think that they're going to suck. It's because of where they're being drafted and how high they're being drafted. So these are guys more or less that we think might not live up to the draft capital that you're going to have to place to get them. And I'm leading this one off. It's not usual, but I got to talk about Elijah Mitchell, someone who he was a darling. Let's just call him a Cinderella story of 2021 because everyone thought it was going to be Trey Sermon. The Trey Sermon hype was through the roof. And then what happens? Week one. Trey Sermon goes and gets into some bullshit with Brandon Ayuk and gets thrown in the doghouse before game one even kicks off. And what's that do? It lets Elijah Mitchell sneak in there and get a little bit more reps in week one. We also had Raheem Mostert, you know, going out. Jeff Wilson was hurt. So many things working against Trey Sermon last year and only working in Elijah Mitchell's favor. And I really feel like where he's being drafted right now, I mean, very close to the top 12 because of his age, because of the production that he had last year, I'm avoiding at all costs. All costs. Because I don't not, think I'm not going to get him early. I'm not going to get him in double digit rounds. I, I just, I, I know that mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to get him where I want to get him. So that's pretty much, that's why I'm saying I'm avoiding him at all costs because right now the cost is just too high for me. I got him in the seventh round. I felt pretty good about that, but I do. I do worry just being a Niner fan, knowing that how how Shanahan operates. Like Shanahan, don't give a fuck if you was um if you if you were the higher draft capital, like 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 Sermon was, right? He was like, look, look, Sermon Mitchell doing his thing. Step aside, but you know what I'm saying. If Sermon comes through, you know what I mean. He and he is the one that catches everybody's eye and the one that looks good in practice, and then and then you know gets named the starter. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mitchell could take the back seat. You know what I mean? Just like Sermon did. And you know what I mean? What the one thing with Mitchell, why he was productive, because he was getting the volume. So even if Sermon isn't the lead guy, but Sermon just becomes a thorn in his side, you know what I mean? Getting, you know, anywhere from 12 to, to 15 uh, all-purpose touches, you know what I mean? That takes away from um, – you know, I mean, that's Mitchell, you know, Mitchell getting maybe 12 carries. That's not that, that sucks. We needed him getting the 18 carries. You know what I mean? When I think that's the important part is anybody can do this role at running back. It doesn't have to be Mitchell. Any of these running backs can play in this offense. It's the offense that makes the running back, in my opinion. And Mitchell, like you said, he's already had the injuries. He's already shown signs of not being a capable of a full workload. So maybe now's to go with a safer investment that you don't know doesn't have to worry about somebody taking his job. And yeah, that running back, uh, the way that they've been deploying these running backs, it almost doesn't matter who's there. Like you said, Matty Daddy, we've, we've seen guys like Jeff Wilson, you know, come out of nowhere. Nobody knew who the hell he was, and he throws up a four-touchdown game. You know, some crazy shit like that. So any anything can happen. I'm just so nervous about Mitchell, and a lot of it is the volume, like you said, Bogey. Yeah, but I like Mitchell. But I'm just saying, if he, you know, he when he was productive, he was getting the volume. You know what I mean? 
Which is are, rare. It's rare in that offense. So I'm the only one who picked a running back on the sophomore slump alert. But Maddie Daddy, who is your sophomore that you are sounding the siren for? Guys, it's not about everybody says you draft players off of, you know, pedigree or the player that they are. But when you get to the NFL, everybody's good, in my opinion. So I'm not dogging this player from an athletic profile. But in this run-first offense, I just don't think there's enough targets to go around. We're talking Rashad Bateman being drafted as early as the seventh in startups to the ninth. This is a guy who came out of Minnesota. He can run. He's got the size, the strength. But the problem is targets. When you have a team that passed, uh, what, career high 36 times per game, that's not a lot. You go back a year, they were the number one team Rush offense, rush attempts, rush yards. I think they're going to go with what works for that system. And in my opinion, if you're feeding Hollywood Brown 150, Mark Andrews 150, and you get Dobbins back and he's healthy, you get Gus Edwards back and he's healthy. It just adds to the team. I don't think there's enough for Bateman to be fantasy success. Even in an injury-plagued year like last year, had four games over double-digit points in 12. So to me, I'm just maybe taking a step back, maybe looking back in another year and then trying to buy them cheaper. One thing that you would think when all of their running backs go down, you would just think that they would be throwing it more and they just, they weren't. So I don't see their rushing game getting worse in this next year can only get better. And they'll probably draft another guy too, or bring in another free agent. So you got, it's just too, too run heavy in my opinion. All about, like, where, all about where you're getting them because, yeah, Rashad Bateman someone I'm not reaching up for. It's also a Greg Roman offense, so historically, it, you know, even going all the way back to uh, Buffalo or even further back with my Niners, you, you know, like, yeah, we had Crabtree, but it, it's, you know what I mean? He wasn't really a week-to-week starter type, you know what I'm saying, that, that you could feel comfortable with, you know what I mean, because everything's going through the tight end. And, this, and then this, you know, whether it was Vernon Davis back then – or even y'all remember uh was it Charles Clay? Yeah, was that his, you know what I'm saying? Damn, that's throwback. Was his name? Is that really nope. his name? Charles. Tight end Charles. Charles yeah, Clay. yeah. He had a couple flashes because you know what I'm saying. Or even and even even uh, Nick O'Leary over there. Remember him? Even him. Now it's yeah. the Buffalo because that was Greg Roman. And then you know what I'm saying, Mark. And then look, it's Mark Andrews. You know what I'm saying? That that's just a system that the the number one option in the receiving game to me, in my opinion, is is uh the tight end. So Rashad Bateman does, does get hurt in that aspect. I, I think Rashad Bateman still should come out of value. I think people that they, they might be pulling him up high. Or I think his ADP is high just because people, they look at his age, but like, like you said, you know, once they get all these pieces back at running back, you know what I mean? And, and then even uh, Lamar Jackson, maybe him coming off this injury, maybe he don't want to run as much. So there's an emphasis on running, running these running backs. It's just crazy because all all three of them motherfuckers is coming off injury. You know what I mean? And and, and kind of at the same time, I just kind of want to stay away from that situation anyway. You know what I mean? Like, I want volume, you know what I'm saying, where you're going to have to rely on efficiency. And, uh, you know what I'm saying, there's not enough volume in that passing game where I I, I can rely on. One last thing. You look a year below or a year before, Hollywood Brown was wide receiver 36. Mm-hmm. So you're you're telling me even if Bateman's a wide receiver one on his best day he's probably wide receiver twenty five. 
So what does that mean? That means there's not going to be consistency that you're going to get week to week with Bateman. He's a poor man's locket if we're lucky. The thing that's sophomore slump alert. The thing that's tough is everyone just remembers Lamar's MVP year. And I mean, we're very far removed from that. I mean, shit, you look at a guy like Marquise Brown outside of week one, you know, of that year, he didn't really have the best year, but everyone still remembers those two touchdowns he had against Miami to kick off the season. Beating the team. He was a rookie. He was a rookie. It was on, he was on fire. How about this? What was Lamar's passing yards that year in that MVP year? What, like 3,000, 3,800? What was that? It was crazy. It was probably the lowest that an MVP has ever had for a QB. Yeah, because it was really his rushing yards because he put up over a stack. You know what I mean? And and he beat Mike Vick's record right in that year. You know what I'm saying? But and everything was based on efficiency. That guy could throw the ball like 25 times and have like, you know, you know, 16 completions and like, and and have like four touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Running Running backs could be efficient and still put up good games. But I feel like wide receivers, if you're not mixing in that volume, like efficiency doesn't matter unless you're like Calvin Johnson, you know, efficient. You're getting three, you know, three catches for 130 yeah. yards, like on the reg. But yeah. Well, no, but, the, but, the, but the efficiency would come from like if he was only getting five targets and he was going three for 100 or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, I can't bank on that. Right. I, you, know, we, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and that was literally the outlier year, and, and and rightfully so. He was he was MVP that year. Outside of that, you know, Lamar, you know, this was the most a pass. He was on he was on pace to have a career high in pass attempts before the injury. You know what I mean? And you know, right. but it was also because of the situation or the circumstance with no running backs. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. And and just playing from behind too, like that that team was bad. <laughs> and they still weren't, and they, and you would think because because they're bad, they're throwing a lot, and like they really had to go into five quarters. And when you look at Lamar Jackson's big games as far as passing, it was because he it was all those games he got into the motherfucking overtime. You know what I mean? Yep. We got one more sophomore to talk about here, and Bogey, let's sound this alarm and get ready for all the smoke because I know there's going to be a lot coming your way over this one. Oh yeah, bro! Listen, sophomore slump alert. Give me money. Amon Ross St. Brown. Woo! <laughs> there's going to be yeah. a bunch of people about that. All right, listen, listen to this. First of all, I will say. Before I make my case, you got to say the good shit about this this rook or, or this sophomore now, right? Is that he is QB proof. He's shown to produce with, with whoever quarterback it is, right? And with whatever want, shitty quarterback. Whatever <laughs> shitty quarterback it is. So when it's Jared Goff, that's just like a better shitty quarterback than he had whoever else the fuck was throwing him the ball when, when Jared Goff was out on COVID, you know what I'm saying? And injuries. So now, one thing I want to say too that was awesome about him is that like it's a bad team, but they were in a lot of these games. So like you know, what I mean, he did produce, and it wasn't just because they were in garbage time all the time. You know, what I mean, because for what it's worth, these lines were in the majority of these games. I mean, they were they were like covering machines. It was insane. You know what I'm saying? But uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, when he really bursted on the scene, it was it, to me it was. Because he's now demanding a large uh, majority 
of that target market share. You know what I'm saying? There was an absence of, of, of other people who would demand targets like a TJ Hawkinson and even DeAndre Swift. Cause even though he's a running back, he was, he was catching a ton of balls out of the backfield. You know what I mean? They were there. There was an emphasis on him being a safety blanket. All those guys were gone. And even like they, they had Josh Reynolds, they had Wiz Khalifa, Raymond, right? Who else did they have? <laughs> all those guys were all, even all of them were all hurt. So it was like, this guy's getting double digit targets week in, week out. And he was a fantasy darling. And he was also a guy that was the, 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 the later, he was the, the later guy that was drafted in rookie dynasty uh, 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 drafts. You know what I mean? He was always that 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 one that was like, ah, oh, because he's on Detroit. But I, people are going to be reminded this year that, damn, I got this guy and he's on Detroit. You know what I mean? Because there's there's going to be other mouths to feed. And, hey, I'm, I'm saying, like I said, I, I wish injury on nobody. But <laughs> TJ Hawkinson, he be getting hurt for his young ass. You know what I'm saying? All the time. So I'm, there's that. But when he is healthy, and, and DeAndre Swift is healthy. DeAndre Swift's the focal point of that offense. And and and, and he also takes a, 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 a he also becomes a safety blanket. And the reason why I point that's important to point out is because you know what I'm saying Amar Ross St. Brown was, was getting a lot of slot snaps, which would make him a hot read when it but you know when 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 it, when it was Swift and even Jamal Williams, bro, I forgot even Jamal Williams was getting a mix out of the backfield, bro, and t- soaking up a lot of these shorter targets. So there's a lot of there's a lot of variables that are going to be back where I think I would sell, not only sell Amar Ross St. Brown for someone who's willing to pay the world, because someone will, bro. Someone will pay for the world for Amar Ross St. Brown right now, and that's going to be me on the other end. Fucking sending that trade offer because I have a Ross St. Brown in a lot of places in Dynasty, and if not, it's cool because he's he's also someone I'm not banking on. You know what I mean? I drafted him late everywhere. You know what I mean? He's and then he worked his way into my lineup, but I'm not expecting him to be like you know a top twelve guy. I'm not even expecting him to be a top 15. I think he, he's, he lives in a range of like 18, 19-ish. And you, left, and you left two other guys off of there to start the season. They also had Tyrell Williams, who was their big free agent signing. They had Brashad Perryman yeah. on their hey, team. Man, they on all the had to die. <laughs> he was, to start the season, he was like number six on their right. depth made it all the way to number one so obviously he's like their number one right now but who knows mm-hmm. what kind of you know free agent moves they're gonna do mm-hmm. but yeah it was addition by subtraction. he's the, he's the it's, shit but nobody was there to catch the ball the only the guys who they had to throw to besides him were so far down the depth chart that the qbs didn't even know their name and let me say this to clarify he's fucking awesome but right and I, like I said too, he he was scoring. He scored those touchdowns, and it wasn't in spite of being in, in, in garbage time. Like you know, they were they were getting in, but he was it, it, he was the he was the target magnet. You know what I mean? If he wasn't getting no double digit targets, then I'm gonna have to rely on efficiency. Like I said earlier, and when you're talking Jared Goffel, you know what I mean? I mean, you can't spell awful without Goffel. I'll tell you that much. And I don't think 
efficiency in the Lions are ever going to be like close or equal or anything. I just never see the Lions being efficient with anything they do. No, nah, even when they had good old Matt Stafford, you know what I mean? Matt Stafford's going to be at the top of the league in pass attempts because the, the, the whole team is bad as a whole. But here's here, here's another thing. I do think because they were feisty last year, they're in these games. You know what I mean? There might not be a lot of garbage time scenarios. And like the, like I said, this deep, they got they got some high draft picks. They might get some 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 pass rush together here, and like there's gonna be some veterans that don't get in landing spots and go get a bag over there in Detroit. So they might have a, a, a you know a defense that just is is annoying for for all these for all of us in fantasy. Like like you know what I mean? Like it might not be someone we could pick on. And and the reason I want to point that out is because on the other side of the ball, they want to run the ball. You know what I mean? And they want to play all these games close to the vest. You you look at if you really take a good look at at at, uh, at, at, at crazy old Dan Campbell, bro, and his and all those losses. When you look at the scores of those losses, and you go back and watch those games and and the game flows, you know it wasn't like they were getting destroyed. There was a bunch of games they got destroyed, but I'm telling you that they they were scrapping. And then year two. For deep for for defensive coordinators to know about this kid and cornerbacks to have a bunch of film on him, that's another thing you got to worry about too. Yeah, I'm I'm a little indifferent on Amon St. Brown. I don't love where you're drafting him in startups, but I can respect why people have a value on this guy mm-hmm. because we all see the upside. We all see Detroit. Let's just say Hawkinson or Swift get gets hurt again. Let's just say no receiver really – let's say they don't throw the bag at a receiver. They just draft another guy. So there's that – like you said, 18-19. There's there's a likelihood he could finish wide receiver 12-13. I'm just saying there's also a likelihood he could finish wide receiver 40. So just things to take into consideration when you're looking at these players. They might be amazing talent, but the situation might not be the best. And in Detroit, I'm always going to say the situation is <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Our three sophomores that we're sounding the alarm for. We got Elijah Mitchell. We got Rashad Bateman. And we got Amon Ra St. Brown. And just a reminder, we don't think these guys are going to suck. We just don't think that they're going to live up to the draft capital on where they're being drafted in startups right now. So take that with a grain of salt, because if you get a Monroe St. Brown in the 20th round somehow, you better fucking snatch him. If you get Bateman somewhere that late, you better fucking snatch him. If Elijah Mitchell makes it to round number 10, you better snatch him. So we're talking about for where they're being drafted right now. If, if you have a friend, that has a Mara St. Brown and you want him, you show that friend this video. Yeah. <laughs> and then go buy a Mara St. Brown for exactly. Because that's how I would acquire him. He's awesome, but I'm not banking on him replicating because I don't ever bank on things to be exactly the same as the year prior. You know what I mean? Especially things go. that were great. <laughs> there we go. All righty. Another week of videos in the books for you. We're going to keep bringing the heat. We are bringing the heat, baby, because everyone's got to get ready for their startup drafts. Rookie fever is upon us. I know we're going to be talking about some rookies in some upcoming videos as well because the combine is about to be over. We got the NFL draft coming in a month and a half. And, oh, yeah, free agency is get ready. 
We are getting up out of here. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us, and we appreciate you guys following everyone on the panel here. Go follow us on all social media because we're all bringing the heat, and we're going to help you win these championships. Let's get it. We'll see you next video. Hey. Are you ready, Jerry? I'm ready. I just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Show me the money. Oh, you didn't know? Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. You put my shoes on, you wouldn't last a mile. Summertime, when it's time, I'm on the grind. Yeah, I got the ring, I'm the champ, I'm the genie of the lamp. This is the gift I was given, so I just live by my hustle. It don't make sense, but don't make a profit. So I hustle, ladies and gentlemen. Make money, make money, money, money. I want to find a thing to save my life. So I hustle, hustle. It ain't over for me. No, it ain't over for me. Okay, let's go smoke that joint.